Hey, podcast listeners. Ah! (laughs) Did you just kick the table? My chair bumped the table. It's not my fault. (laughs) It's always your fault, Ben. I hope you're ready for another episode of the Superhero Movie Club coming up soon. Uh, We're just doing a little check-in with you guys since we recorded this like a month ago. That's how we do things here. We have a backlog so that I can just like not show up and and then they're like, oh, well. uh." (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing now, guys? Uh." Let's go to the show. Well, this one's going to be Avengers, right? Oh, yes. Season three, episode four. That little little known movie that not many people have seen. It's, oh. a, it's a small indie product, project by Joss Whedon. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much what he does, right? Yeah. Firefly was... Firefly was big, but not that big. Yeah. <laughs> What's Firefly? I'm just joking. I know exactly. We're in nerd Don't first. destroy us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would lose my nerd cred pretty fast there if I hadn't seen Firefly and Serenity. Anyway... Uh, is this, are we close to the season finale yet? Yeah, we got one more regular episode after this one, and then, uh, following that, we'll be at the season finale in which we talk about our favorite topic, us. Yeah, it's gonna be a hostful this time. Yep. I mean, we might grab a guest, maybe, but it's mostly gonna be us mm-hmm. talking yeah. about fun superhero stuff. Feel free to, ooh, 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 we would love your questions right yeah we would that is like the whole purpose like we're going to ask each other questions of course and stuff like that but we want yours more than each other reader reader mailbag yes you we haven't we haven't gotten any mail yet though (laughs) we've gotten a couple you anonymous listeners are more important than the people we record with every week so send your uh questions to twitter yeah twitter will work yeah just send them to at superhero mc Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll hold on to them, and then in a couple weeks, we'll answer all any questions you want. Anything? What's our favorite superhero? How many times have we been to Vegas? I mean, whatever the heck you want it to be. Never have I ever. Oh, geez. oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, sure geez. it will devolve quickly. It's a, yeah. shame, it's a shame we're not allowed to drink in the studio. Otherwise, <laughs> we could just like play Never Have I Ever. You're, <laughs> you're allowed to drink and not get caught in the studio. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Run over to Chipotle, get an $8 martini. <laughs> no, not a martini. Whatever. Yeah. Same stuff. <laughs> All right. Spice Let's get to alcohol. our episode. <laughs> Please. Yeah, so, right. but anyway, make sure you, you do send us those uh, questions because we would love to hear from you, lovely fans. Is there ice in a martini? Yes. That's a that's a good question to ask. No, us. no. No, there's <laughs> That's there's a good still question. Ice martini? <laughs> there's ice and a margarita, not martini. Okay. So you can do like a little lemon twist thing. All right. Here is season of... 3, episode 4, The Avengers. Martinis. Every- everyone enjoy. Another episode of the Superhero Movie Club. I'm your comic book cultured host, Michael Maurer, and joined by the movie maestro, James Gatherhoutsma, and the scientific scholar, Ben. 
Anderson. Those movie review podcasts are a dime a dozen here at SMC. We cover everything else about the movies you maybe didn't notice, including their budgets, music, source books, and hell, even the science. This week, I hope you're ready for... What have I to fear? The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Yes. I've met them. Yeah. Takes us a while to get any traction, I'll give you that one. But let's do a head count here. Your brother, the demigod. A super soldier, a living legend who kind of lives up to the legend. A man with breathtaking anger management issues. A couple of master assassins and you, big fella. You've managed to piss off every single one of them. That was the plan. Not a great plan. When they come, and they will, they'll come for you. I have an army. We have a Hulk. Oh, I thought the beast had wandered off. You're missing the point. There's no throne. There is no version of this where you come out on top. Maybe your army comes, and maybe it's too much for us, but it's all on you. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. The Avengers. Woo! We made it! Yeah. We made it to the biggest superhero movie of all time, arguably. Yes, we can. We did it, Reddit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, first opinions. Uh, Ben. Uh, I like this movie for once. Good. I I really liked it. It It was a lot of fun. And it was nice to have a good Hulk movie for once. All right. Okay. Yeah. Warranted a little bit. Uh, I'll disagree with that later. But right <laughs> now, Skylar, tell me what you thought of The Avengers. First opinions when I went and saw it at midnight was pretty much like everyone else. Just, oh, my God, best movie ever. And then I watched it a few more times, and I realized how much mileage this movie gets out of the fact that it was able to bring all these different heroes and franchises together in one movie and do it successfully. However, it's a far from perfect movie. I think mostly because of Joss Whedon in that I think he's a better writer than he is a director. This movie is shot really awkwardly like a glorified television show and I genuinely dislike what he does with about half the characters. But opinions, opinions, opinions. Yes. Come on, man. (laughs) Is this not in your top three superhero films you've ever seen? No. Mm, Top five? Probably around seven. Ooh, oh, breaking my heart, breaking my heart. I love this film so much. This film was like the center of my attention. You know, you know when they used to drop all those little itty bitty news bits for like every week. And they still do that for like Batman, Superman, for all of these superhero movies coming out. Now I ignore them because they're just oversaturating. But when it was just Avengers, I was eating that stuff up. I was just subscribing to all the news feeds I could. Who's got the latest news and stuff like that? And this film did not disappoint me. I loved every second of it. If I had to discredit it for anything, I'm a huge fan of Captain America. And I felt he had a lesser role, but I, it's it's hard to balance everyone. I wouldn't even say he has a lesser role. I just feel like Joss Whedon treats him as a joke this entire movie. Like, but regardless of any minor bliss we might have with this film... It raked it in, baby. It raked it in. That it did. Production budget of two hundred and twenty million. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. Uh, That's pretty on the Hollywood. High end. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty Keep Hollywood. It. Keep in mind, 
Robert Downey Jr. reportedly took fifty million dollars of that. <laughs> uh, oh, of the production budget, he's yeah. listed in the production budget. Well, salaries? casting is part. Yeah, salaries. Okay, is part of it. So yes. Well, but what did it gross, guys? In my best Doctor Evil impersonation, one billion dollars or one point five technically. One point five billion dollars worldwide. Mm-hmm. And that's not counting the well. That uh, sorry, that is completely counting the six hundred twenty-three million domestically, and eight hundred ninety-five million foreign. Not as much of the big foreign domestic divide as we've been seeing lately. No, it was huge in the United States. Um, biggest, well, obviously biggest movie of twenty twelve, like mm-hmm. bar none. Oh yeah, biggest non James Cameron movie of all time. Not James Cameron. <laughs> uh, I have a I have a list of all the records it has. This movie holds so many records. It has number one in opening weekend for any film, opening week, opening weekend adjusted for ticket pricing, theater average per wide release, 3D gross during opening weekend, IMAX gross during opening weekend, second weekend for only any opening film, and it's all over the place. There's so many. Third highest grossing film of all time. Okay. Uh, does it does it have like a an award for like most awards like some kind of meta record? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it might. It's quite possible. It holds so many re- so many box office records. So let's get into the formation of this film. Its foundation, plot wise, character wise, there are a lot of characters in this film. Surprisingly, though, not a whole lot of them are introduced through this film. Almost all of them come from separate films. First off, though, it's, it warrants mentioning that a lot of the concepts, visually, they're based on a comic book called The Ultimates, which came out in 2002, written by Mark Miller and drawn by Brian Hitch, and it was a modern retake on The Avengers. What you see is a lot of new character designs, like a lot of new costume designs. Every, what happens is a lot of the classic stuff gets mixed with what was drawn and sort of some of the plot lines that are used in The Ultimates, and they sort of get meshed together. So you have Thor's old red cape mixed with his new-looking sort of outfit from The Ultimates, Captain America's costume redesign, as well as the big one was Hawkeye, because Hawkeye has a ridiculous suit. His purple I'm Robin Hood weird nonsense it's super fly, though. It is. It's pretty. He's got a big H on his forehead. <laughs> and then that's gone. <laughs> right. He looks like a dude in just leather like usual. Although, if you look at the, uh, the costume for the Avengers sequel, a little closer. A <laughs> little closer to that it's uh, true. fabulousness. Also, the reason, big correlation in the Ultimates, we have African-American Nick Fury, who is likeness is drawn to Samuel Jackson. Next up, we have the other... Uh, the guy that's talking to Thanos in that weird space world, mm, as well as all of the Chitari. The other is a completely original character. Uh, not completely original, because he's a Chitari with a name. That's <laughs> what he is. So the Chitari were also introduced in the Ultimates comic, so they're a retake on the Skrulls a little bit. Their inspiration was from the Skrulls, which are a shape-shifting race in the Marvel Universe that are just green aliens that shape-shift and cause all kinds of trouble all the time currently owned by Fox, right? The Skrulls? Yes. Are they? I didn't know. I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, they'd be a Fantastic Four property. Yep. Mmm, that would make sense. The Skrulls were introduced in Fantastic Four. Ah, 
But yeah, these ones are just, instead of being green, they're like more reptilian. <laughs> Mark Miller said, the inspiration was based on David Icke's Illuminati conspiracy theory, where all of the elitists in the world are actually reptilian humanoids. Actually, that's the, that's not the Illuminati. Yeah? You sure? Yeah, the, the Illuminati are like the triangle things. I think Illuminati's turned into that. I think it's both. They've kind of... Oh. Converged a yeah. little bit. I, th- I, I admit I don't read up on conspiracy theories as much <laughs> as I did in middle school. So, uh, so you must be a member of the Illuminati. Yes, Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> Next up, we have not the first appearance of this character, but the first appearance of this character with any sort of depth, and that is Hawkeye. <laughs> Hawkeye had a small appearance in Thor. Um, you didn't even see Jeremy Renner's face in that, did you? No, you did. Yeah. It was basically just his face, and he was some. It was dark as... and rainy. Yeah, I know. They didn't name him. They said, "I need, I need eyes up top," or yeah, something like that. Pretty much. The dialogue I remember as being, "Hey, Coulson, can I shoot him? No, don't shoot him. Coulson, I can shoot him. No, don't shoot him. All right, he's he's down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to root for this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah." <laughs> A great, meaningful way to introduce that character. Yeah. So we got a lot more Hawkeye in this film. And Hawkeye was made in 1964 by Stan Lee and Don Heck. And I could explain a lot about Hawkeye, but there's so much. (laughs) This character has gone through so much stuff that there's not even, like, there's no claim to fame. There's so many highlights in his career. He's changed costumes. He's changed names. He's gotten married. He's gotten divorced. His girlfriends have been killed. It's nuts. So the only thing that is kind of worth reflecting on is that his relationship is in the comic books. His first real relationship with a comic book character was Black Widow. So it's nice to see a little bit of that in the film before he eventually becomes romantically entwined with a character called Mockingbird, who is now on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Hawkeye currently has a solo comic book written by Mac Fraction and drawn by, uh, I think it's Hank Aja. Or Frank Aja? My bad. (laughs) But that comic book is so good. I advise everyone to go out and read it, because it is such a good book. And next up, the only character to really get introduced in this film for the first time, and that is Maria Hill. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, was she she in a one-shot at all? No, she wasn't. Okay, so this is the first time we see Colby Smulders. Yes. So she is, like, the only character, besides this next one I'm going to say, who is introduced in this film solely. So she came around in 2005. That's pretty recent. Brian Michael Bendis and David Finch. She's kind of got what I like to call Gwen Stacy syndrome, where you know a certain aspect of this character needs to be enacted. You know what I'm talking about when I say Gwen Stacy syndrome? When she's Gwen Stacy- there for a purpose, like with Gwen Stacy, she's just there to die, and with yeah. Maria Hill, it's just she's just there to be a snake and take over. For- You're waiting for this big plot element to happen, so all of, like everything that happens in the middle is fleeting because there's going to be this big change, and this character is going to be at the center of it. Hmm. So I call that Gwen Stacy syndrome. Yeah, all I knew about this character beforehand was just her role in Civil War when that's what she's famous for, right? So. Where Director Fury steps down, Civil War happens, and she becomes the new director of S.H.I.E.L.D. and starts hunting heroes. Yep. And unfortunately, she hasn't found a, a stake anywhere away from that. Uh, and also, it was kind of a way to not alienate the Nick Fury character. 
It's like, uh, Nick Fury can't be around when this division happens. Why don't we introduce a new character to be the bad guy? Madam Scapegoat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Madam Scapegoat. So we kind of waited in Avengers for Civil War and her role in that. And I, don't, I think Josh Whedon has said that he doesn't want her to become the mega B-word that she becomes. I could see him saying that, but then again, mm-hmm. he's also said he's pretty much done after Avengers 2, so, so not in his hands anymore. Yeah. Uh, that's it for Maria Hill. And finally, we have Thanos, which we talked about in Guardians of the Galaxy, our first episode. But just for reference sake, he was made in 1973 by Jim Starlin, who a lot of space characters were made by Jim Starlin. A lot of the Guardians of the Galaxy characters, and a lot of characters involved in the Guardians of the Galaxy were made by Jim Starlin. But just his design is a, if you've ever been familiar with the DC characters of Metron and Darkseid, he's a mixture of those two. It's actually funny, uh, in the theater when they had that post-credits reveal, someone was like, Apocalypse! (laughs) 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 Oh, there it is! There it is! He's trying to he's trying to snuffle it out. It was there, Ben. We got oh, it all. Oh good. At least one per episode. <laughs> Audio gold. <laughs> uh that's all I really have, other than that the plot of Avengers is loosely based on the very first Avengers comic, where Loki is the villain and he brings them all together. Blah blah. Boom boom boom. Oh, Oh, one more thing, I suppose, is the original Avengers, there there were five. Iron Man was. Hulk, Thor, Ant-Man, and Wasp were the original five Avengers. Those two are replaced by Cap- or by Black Widow and Hawkeye. <laughs> Skyler, get me, out of, get me out of the, the limelight here. I'm getting too far into comic book nerdiness because this film brings that out in me. Give me music. All right, let's turn the record over to music this time. Avengers score is done by Alan Silvestri, who is the first, at this point, Marvel composer to do more than one project. Previously, he was on board with uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. And I'll just do a disclaimer here. I don't find this score all that interesting. I Personally, I find it kind of one note, um, underdeveloped. It's got a good one note. It's It does have a good one note, and that's what I'll be getting to eventually but I personally don't care for Silvestri's style and how he writes things I feel like he just gives snippets of an idea and then has this bum 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 moment before he goes to some other undeveloped snippet did he do the music tracks for the Joel Schumacher Batman films he did not that okay. was Elliot, Go- Elliot Goldenthal oh my bad never yeah. mind no, no. okay he's known for Forrest Gump Back to the Future oh okay uh, did Van Helsing and G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra. Good for him. This dude's got a very colorful rap sheet. Indeed he does. So let's take a listen quick to some of the incidental music of this movie. It's The track is Don't Take My Things. It's featured in the confrontation between Thor and Iron Man about halfway through the movie.
Sylvestri generally doesn't work in themes. Uh, you're not going to find anything as far as a theme to Loki or... Well, you will find it in Captain America because he did do one <laughs> yeah. for that. I love that theme. <laughs> Sorry. But there's also the added consideration that up until this point, you've had four different composers doing their own thing for Thor, two on Iron Man, one on Incredible Hulk. So the one area he does focus in on is a shared theme for the entire Inve- Avengers team. To provide a little snippet of that, uh, we'll use the music from that scene in the movie where the camera is just zooming all around New York City while the Avengers do their thing. Oh, okay. And mm-hmm. that is the track, I Got a Ride. Where were you when this moment happened? That's the next, you know, where were you when oh, Pearl when, Harbor happened? When New York happened? Yeah. Attack New on New York. Funny note. Okay. I'll save it for fun facts, actually. Oh, okay. I was going to say something about that. Ooh. But, um, I'm confused. Wouldn't we have all been in, like, a movie theater? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's that's the answer. <laughs> oh, that's the joke. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. But the Avengers theme is basically the cornerstone of this whole score so with that in mind let's take a listen to it again in a different form We were just commenting on the excessive use of "quote unquote" dingalingalings. Yes, in that dingalingaling bells and computer seventies drums. Yeah, that well, that drum is like, is this Hawaii Five O? <laughs> At least it's not an eight oh eight. I would listen to that if someone remixed this, but replaced all the snare drum shots with the eight oh eight snare sound. Oh man, you got anything else on music you would like to talk about? No, but it is funny because you mentioned Hawaii Five O. Uh, he's, Bri- he did Hawaii Five-0? No, he did not, but Brian Tyler did mm. Hawaii Five-0, and he's taking over for the next Avengers movie. Doo-doo-doo. Ooh. The, wait, the original Hawaii Five-0? No, the remake. Who did the original Hawaii Five-0? I don't know. Yeah, pop quiz. Mm. Ben. Yeah? How you doing over there? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Good. <laughs> I want to hear some science talk. Okay. okay. Uh, A lot of what happens in this film is garbly gook. Yeah, Arthur C. Clarke uh, once said that's. I'm kind of paraphrasing because I'm not sure if I have the exact words, but uh, sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from, mag- from magic. Didn't they say that in this film at least once? I'm. Prob- they said it in Thor. They said it in Thor a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it, it's doubly true if you're dealing with uh, alien technology. That's why I'm not going to really talk about the Tesseract, scientifically implausible as it is. Um, well, it's a thing it's, that it just has unlimited energy, right? In uh, a little cube? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> 
there are problems with putting an infinite amount of energy in a, something the size of a suitcase. <laughs> um, <laughs> namely, that it would explode with an infinite amount of energy and literally destroy the universe because it's an infinite amount of energy. <laughs> and I like how you phrased that. <laughs> but what topics do you have for us? Basically, I would just like to remind everybody, and especially people who make action sequences in movies like this that inertia still exists so if you have captain america throw black widow up in the air and she grabs onto a passing spaceship her arm is going to get pulled but most of the rest of her body is going to want to stay where it is going at the velocity it is which is not where the ship's going and so you're just going to tear your character's arms off <laughs> all the, yeah i this think is what everybody happened in, had that moment really yeah yeah man it's okay she's a robot She's oh, not that's... gonna feel anything. <laughs> oh, that's boy. true. And and when when Hulk punches that worm, that space whale that eats buildings, <laughs> I I don't know how to describe it. That big sandworm from space. We gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, when he punches that, like he wouldn't be able to stop it with one punch, even though he's the Hulk. He's not that massive, you know. So so just a reminder: inertia exists. But that Newton's was a cool laws. shot. It's a very cool scene, <laughs> but he should have just gone flying back. Like, <laughs> like he, he, he should have just like, bam, and then just he just went flying. You know, it's a elastic collision, okay. or inelastic, in which case he'd just splatter. Yeah, but um, I mean, we're kind of like assuming that Hulk has just, again, an unlimited amount of mass inside oh, of him. Oh, see, but then he would just literally be a black, an infinitely large black hole. <laughs> well, a, like an adjustable unlimited amount of mass. A arbitrarily large but finite amount of mass. <laughs> That's exactly in, right. In mathematics, if we want to talk about something like how it behaves near infinity, infinity. but when we don't want to deal with all the problems associated with infinity, we just say, well, uh, take some quantity, make it as big as you can possibly want it to, but still not infinite. And Oh, I thought you had a funny word there. No, it's called a limit. A limit. <laughs> take it to the limit. <laughs> yeah, um... Let's see. Uh, you wanted to talk about Hive Mind. Yeah, I want to know about just because Hive Mind in movies it's seen as a cop out, arguably, and yeah. of just like get rid of one, you eliminate everything. Happened in what? Independence Day, Phantom Menace, Avengers. <laughs> All you have to do is see, get rid of the central nervous system, and pff. that's okay. kind of true. If you destroy someone's brain, then the rest of them will shut down. That's so our bodies are hive minds. Network of cells. It's complicated. Okay, so <laughs> the closest analog I can think of to what you're describing is um, like networks of fungus. This is like when they say the world's largest living organism is a just a mushroom. Yeah, because that's what I want to know. Is like, is a hive mind a thing in nature? Kind of. You can have, like I said, you can have networks of fungus or like, uh, like a forest where it looks like they're distinct trees, but really they all share a common root system. Those things are kind of like a hive mind because each member can talk to all the others. And so, like, if you have a thing of trees, and this is true for trees that aren't connected by a system of roots, but if one tree, like, gets attacked by bugs or something, it can release basically what are pheromones that signals to the other trees, hey, like, prepare your immune systems, the emerald borer is coming. Okay. Or whatever. Um, But that's kind of like the opposite of the hive mind where if you kill one of them, you kill everything. Because in in the case of the trees, uh, if you attack one, all the others get stronger. Oh, man. Hydra reference. So, oh, boy. Hail, hail Hydra. Um, <laughs> I'm not a member. I'm unaffiliated. Uh, <laughs> I'm just making a reference. Um, Good for you, Ben. <laughs> I should not 
So so yeah. are there are there systems? I suppose I guess it's just your brain, right? Where it's Yeah, like, you could you could think of, you know, uh the bodies of anything with a brain as being kind of like you have all your cells and they are going on having their autonomous processes. But if you destroy the brain then that all stops. Ah, so yeah. So now I've got a really good concept of a hive mind. Kind of. Yeah. Thank Except you. W- with with what's in the movie, the hive mind is they're not connected with anything. Like in our bodies, Magic. like with the trees, they're connected by roots. Right. With our bodies, it's all connected because the cells are touching and there's nerves and stuff. Physically. Um, yeah. It's, but it's called Wi-Fi. It's, <laughs> so it's, it's either, psychic Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's, it's either psychic powers or sufficiently advanced technology that's- Or just something we can't see. Maybe they're all connected by like infrared radiation. Oh, boy. But then when like explosions happens and it's really hot, then that interferes because hot stuff gives off- Infrared radiation. I'm just saying any kind of radiation. A radiation maybe we've never like, seen on the like, spectrum. Like, well, we we know what the spectrum of radiation looks like. It's. I'm just saying because they're waves, aliens, man. Radio waves. Aliens infrared. and magic. Okay. Yes. Sufficiently advanced alien technology that is indistinguishable from magic. There's a lot. Of, <laughs> there's a lot of that in this movie. Like, yeah. like when I watched this movie, I was like, oh, this is gonna be hard to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking of which, do you have anything to say on that one scene where? Loki's got the guy, and he shoves that thing in his eyeball, and then millions of miles away. Oh, yeah, where they transmit the information of an eyeball so that it can be read on a retina scanner. Oh, uh, there'd be a speed of light delay, but you can, if you have a high enough resolution picture of someone's retina, you can probably fool an eyeball scanner. Nice. Because I think the way those things work is it checks the pa- like the blood vessel patterns on your retina. Mm-hmm. It's like a fingerprint scanner, but it's blood vessels instead of the little dents in your finger. Okay. Um, I think is how they work. Um, And so, yeah, if you have a high enough resolution photo that shows their blood vessels in their eyeball, then, yeah, you can email that to someone and be like, hey, download this as a PNG so it (laughs) – because a JPEG will corrupt. It won't work. (laughs) Yeah, right. EPS and TIFF are good, too. So (laughs) – Okay. Yeah. Some All right. image format. Anything else on science? Um, you wrapped up. Yeah, basically, hydro- or bombs don't go off on a timer because that's way to do it. Because of what if Iron Man comes and collects it and throws it through a wormhole? <laughs> I mean, nu- nu- nuclear nuclear bombs go off by um, checking the altitude, and yes. when they reach a certain altitude, they blow up. Okay. So, well, they were, yeah, they were, okay, that, that bomb was going down. Never mind. Yeah, so. That bomb, like, went under the bridge, so. <laughs> yeah, it it would have blown up before Iron Man caught it, sorry. Well. But it's on a timer because whoever dramatic. designed the bomb is really bad at their job. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> um, finally, uh, we are going to move into fun facts. We have a lot of fun facts. We might have to cruise through these because we're getting low on time. Sure. Um, so, okay, first up. This is the first time we see Evil Hulk. Uh, we've had two iterations of Hulk live action before. Hulk 2003, Ang Lee film, and the where he's played by Edward Banna, Ed, Ed, Eric, Eric Banna. Eric Banna. And then the 2008 Incredible Hulk film where he's played by Edward Norton. And that one's directed by Louis? Louis Leterrier. I, I take back what I said about this being the first good Hulk movie because I forgot about this. 2008 one. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Okay. That's what we thought. Yeah. We don't have to fight you on this anymore. Okay. Yeah, because okay. we were going to bring that back up. But anyway, so in those films, we never saw, like, Hulk was always misunderstood in all of his aggressive rages, you know, arguably. 
But in this one, this is the first time we see him actually seeking out in like an innocent quote unquote life uh, when he attacks Black Widow, and it's the first time you see an actual like uncontrollable evil Hulk. And all the other times he's been doing it to protect someone, and nobody's understood. <laughs> yeah. A theme we'll probably see continued in the next movie, actually. Yep. Um, what is this about an extended scene? Uh, that's just they had a like Joss Whedon wrote a twelve-page scene when Hulk crashes into the ground. Of Avengers. Oh, with Harry Dean Stanton. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was supposed to be very surreal and very deep, and you can see it on the on the DVD, and it's actually a very good scene. I w- can't really do it justice by trying to, like, quote moments from now, but it is very good. It just couldn't get fit in with time constraints. Sure. This is a good time to bring up the thing I was referencing earlier, and that this movie was supposed to start a lot darker in that it had a deleted opening with you know, the graves and the commemoration from the attack on New York and take a much more somber tone when it opened. But Dang. that was there were a couple of alternate openings, weren't there? I only know of that one. Oh, where Maria Hill was sort of um, disagreeing with Nick Fury. Well, Maria Hill was being questioned in like a, what was it? Question room. <laughs> yeah, a questionnaire. Interrogation room. Interrogation room. <laughs> what do you do with yourself on Friday night? <laughs> No. <laughs> what? So tell me more about yourself. <laughs> like I mentioned in the opening, uh, Robert Downey Jr. took home $50 million for this movie. Mm-hmm. So he's not hurting for cash these days. No, he's not. Uh, we have the dilemma with Edward Norton. Why? The only non-returning cast member. Uh, basically, they let Edward Norton go because, well, he's known a little bit for his uh, toughness to work with. Apparently, he... Wanted a lot of creative control on Incredible Hulk. Kevin Feige has been quoted as saying, we wanted someone who was a team player, which means... I want Mark Ruffalo. I I want someone who won't ask any questions <laughs> and will do what we tell them. And has a big cheesy smile. Yes, that too. So, another uh, entry in the what could have been category. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was just like a falling out, right? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh... Doesn't sound like there's hard feelings, but I, they certainly won't. Yeah. work with each other ever again. Yeah, it's the typical moments of like, oh, Marvel was difficult to me. I guess I'm one of those people. <laughs> right. Oh, in the original script, Joss Whedon wanted to use Wasp instead of Black Widow, but he was pressured by the studio, of course, to use Black Widow because she's already been introduced. And people like Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow. Whatever for. Yeah. Uh, she's not, well, she's popular. Um, there was a small poll there where she almost had her own independent film. Small. small. Almost there. Almost there. But um, when Colby Smulders was cast for Maria Hill, people were assuming it was going to be Wasp. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then what's this about introduction? I forget. Mm, boy. Uh, boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. It's. I found it interesting how sort of the all the characters in the beginning of the film, minus Thor, are introduced by their sort of success, their popularity. Like, it sort of, it it starts with, you know, like Nick Fury, um, probably one of the lesser side characters, Nick Fury and Hawkeye. They don't have an independent film yet. They've only been introduced in a couple other films. And then you get Black Widow, who had a, arguably a large role in Iron Man 2. And then right after that is Hulk, who had his own film. And then Captain America, who had his own film, which was slightly more successful. And finally, the juggernaut Iron Man was introduced last. So it's interesting how they're sort of introduced from um, least known to most known. 
And then Thor, of course, shows up mid-early in the film separately. Yeah, that's just the the outlier in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for fun very, facts. Very interesting. Got a lot of... We cruised right through those just so we could get to... <gasps> is speculation making a comeback? What? Oh, only because of Avengers 2. Yeah. <laughs> Avengers 2 and 3 Part 1 and 3 Part 2. Yeah. No Sonoring Spider-Man. I, I heard a rumor the other day that Ultron is going to be in Avengers 2. <laughs> Whoa. We have to speculate. We don't have I, confirmation on that. I think no, we, we don't. We might just be breaking news here. We don't. We're going to hit the The, the word Ultron is in the title. <laughs> <laughs> so people have just been blowing up on Twitter wondering if Ultron is going to be Wait. an actual character in the movie. Does that mean the character Age is going to be in there too? I really hope so. <laughs> character of. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we... What do we want to do first, because of this movie or speculation? Uh, let's just do a couple of little, just a little speculation. I mean, but we, what do we know about Avengers 2 that everybody else doesn't already know? We know it's going to feature Ultron as the main baddie. We know it's going to have Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Yes. Andy Serkis has been confirmed as Ulysses Claw. Yes, that's a that's a Black Panther villain. Yep. And there's big speculation that Wakanda is going to play a big role in it really a big role yeah okay uh i wish we had time to talk more about wakanda because wakanda's got some comic book history oh yeah i'm sure um and that's i mean other than that just like wait till may first guys right <laughs> it's not that far away there's gonna be a big brawl between the hulkbuster and the hulk yeah for which i still don't see the narrative necessity of it yeah they're just kind of Pumping it up as like, oh my god, fan service. It is, like, well, it is very much fan service. A right. lot of the stuff that happens. Uh, there's a rumor going around that it's going to have a three-hour runtime. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's big. Also, didn't they say there was going to be a completely new Avengers lineup after this film? Yes. Oh. And then they're hoping to bring the originals back by uh, part two of Infinity War. Oh, so part one of Infinity War is going to have this new set of Avengers. Yes. Probably all the people that we're going to see from Phase 2, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. Spider-Man. Spider-Man! Spider-Man's now involved! Yep. Huzzah! Yay, now they can do Civil War a little bit properly. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, they'll be pure. They'll be pure in the Civil War storyline adaptation. Except for none of the X-Men. Or, or Fantastic Or the Fantastic Four. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> Just replace Ghost Rider in there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's like, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, And then, yeah, Infinity Wars is going to have Thanos going after them gems, them Infinity Gems. Da-da-da. Yeah. And, I mean, there's not a whole lot we know about that yet. What about Vision? Oh, yeah, Vision gets um, introduced in Avengers 2. Played by Paul Bettany, who has voiced Jarvis in the Iron Man movies and this one. So, so we're far. speculating like that Vision's just going to be an upgraded version of Jarvis? Yeah, from what leaked promotional material says, apparently it's, he's going to be a co-creation of Tony Stark and Bruce Banner. Okay, so. okay, good. And In case you're cl- wondering, Vision is an android. <laughs> yes, and clearly as an android, the first thing he's going to do is have the hots for... Scarlet Witch. Yeah, because that happens in the comic book. And that's totally not creepy. <laughs> it will, yeah. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. There's some there's some fun backstory there as well. Like I said, there's just so many years of history of these characters and teams. It's it's hard to cover it all in less than fifty minutes. So I think we'll 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 swathe up that that speculation and just round this show out with a couple 
because of this movies. In case you are new, this is the section where we just say all the things that we believe directly happened because of this film. So I'll start it off with a serious instead of hilariously satirical one, and that is because of this movie, studios are now pushing to have expansive cinematic universes wherever they go because they make so much money. Because of this movie, we realize that Captain America's costume cannot get any worse. We have the lowest bar (laughs) set in the Avengers. Because of this movie, Captain America's uh, costume can get worse when he just wears an American flag tank top and a cowboy hat. (laughs) Oh, I can't. Which is a thing people wear unironically, I found out when I went to a country music fest last summer. Oh, oh. (laughs) Unironically. It was fun, but there were a lot of hicks there. (laughs) (laughs) Because of this movie, I skipped school to watch all of Marvel Phase 1 with my friends. (laughs) Because of this movie, I sat in a theater next to an incredibly inebriated individual in a Captain America tank top and, you know, little kid's costume, helmet, and shield. Wow, we cannot get past that. (laughs) We are really digging on that costume. (laughs) That's a good costume. Uh, Because of this... (laughs) It's ours gasp. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How would you say that? I just burned it. (laughs) Uh, Because of this movie, the gif of... Hulk saying puny God has never left the front page of reddit.com slash r slash atheism. <laughs> yes. It's just, it, it was stickied at the top for like a month and just hasn't left. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Because of this movie, my man boner for Chris Hemsworth was solidified. <laughs> um, it was, it was kind of tentative there after the first Thor. It's like, do I feel this way? And then, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> We all do. Uh, because of this movie, I had to explain what shawarmas were to, like, everyone who had never had a shawarma before. Because of this movie, seriously, shawarmas went up, like, 215% in sales nationwide. That's a serious one. Yeah. <laughs> because of this movie, I got to be that guy who could tell everybody who Thanos was. You mean he's not Apocalypse! <laughs> because- or Dark Side. Because of this movie, I shouted, holy shit, it's Apocalypse when Thanos was revealed. <laughs> I finally found you. And, <laughs> and, th- and then after X-Men First Class, when, when Apocalypse showed up, I was like, wait. I thought Apocalypse was the, owned by like the people who own the Avengers. I was so confused. And I went home and I played X-Men Legends 2 on my GameCube. <laughs> You're killing me with this stuff. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> Those were all genius. <laughs> That'll do it today, then. Superhero Movie Club is recorded and produced in the studios of KMSU in Mankato, Minnesota. Find this podcast online at superheromovieclub.podbean.com or subscribe on iTunes. Next week's topic is Ghost Rider 2, Spirit of Vengeance. Oh, can we not wait for that one? <laughs> This is our first film that has no redeeming qualities. Well, no, we did well, say there was yeah. there was a little bit, but we're just going to treat it as such. <laughs> where we are just going to dig our, our our hands into this film and scoop it out. Our talons, claws. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do today. I'm your host, Michael Maurer. I'm James Skyler Hutzma, and I'm Ben Anderson. And I hope you guys all have a super week. <laughs>